Welcome, everybody. This is Paul with the Discovery It Podcast. Jody tonight is going to present us uh, resistance to change. He's going to explain why we have a tendency to do that as human beings. Jody, you want to go ahead and take over the uh, presentation? Sounds good, Paul. All right, tonight we're going to talk about resistance to change. And um, as I was thinking about this, I started to think about a bunch of sayings that I I say and things I've learned and things I've heard from my parents and stuff like that. And I like these sayings because they remind me that that's my internal thought. Like when I have these sayings or these thoughts that come up and a lot of times you'll recognize when people say these things that they're kind of just re uh, repeating what their internal thought is saying like in their head. So one of the, one of the sayings is, you know, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. Uh, so you hear that and you think, like, you know, it's hard to get someone who's kind of stuck in their way, somebody that's doing something for so long, to change. And another good saying is, old habits die hard. So I, I like how the, those are going to play into this resistance to change. And when, when you start to think about change, um, in reality, we're, we're really changing all the time. Uh, that, it's just when these changes happen slowly and over time, they don't have such an impact and they actually kind of make us feel more comfortable with them. And we're going to kind of use some of those ideas and techniques to change in a positive and more deliberate way. And some of these slow changes could be like a new job. Um, maybe the new job is going to be scary at first. Maybe we're kind of forced into that new job or Maybe we make a conscious decision for the new job. And at first, it's going to be, you know, everything's going to be new. Everything's going to be different. There's going to be that real uncomfortable feeling. But then as time goes on, time goes on, you just go through the same process that was really fearful and required a lot of thought, really natural. Um, Other things that change is like when we get a new car. Some of the older cars and the newer cars, um, all the different buttons and knobs and controls can be in slightly different spots. And it takes a while to kind of get used to that. And then as time goes by, it's just like it's our old car again. Everything matches. Everything's the same. And we're just naturally flow into that new change like it was no big deal. And another big one you'll hear is uh, technology. So uh, every day we're getting new types of apps and new types of phones and the buttons change spots, and maybe you go from an Apple to an Android, or maybe Windows has this new update where all of this stuff's in a completely different area. And at first, it's real frustrating. Everything seems like, oh, I don't like this change. And then after you get used to it and get used to it and you use it for a while, it's almost like that change never happened and you just flowed right into that type of change. So some reasons why we want to change or why we have this resistance to change is, one, maybe we don't want to. Uh, You'll hear a lot of people, like when they they just refuse to change, they refuse to upgrade uh, to the new whatever process, and they're making this conscious decision, they just don't want to. And then there's the unconscious side where they might think, like, yeah, it's a good idea, yeah, I want to change, but their subconscious, their internal thoughts are going to kind of have them programmed in that, Maybe, maybe they don't deserve the change. Uh, maybe they don't think they're good enough. Maybe they think they want to, but deep down their conscience is holding them back to that. Another reason people will resist change is just be like, 
you'll hear people say, oh, I, I tried everything. You know, so a good question to ask is like, everything? Uh, so we talk about you don't know what you don't know. So how can you really say that you've tried everything if you really don't know a bunch of different ways that you could approach it? Um, so having kind of like that questioning, like what are something I can do different? How can I learn a new process? So um, being able to explore different options will get us over that not knowing how to change um, type of aspect. And we've talked about some different fears that people have. Uh, maybe they just fear the outcome. Uh, maybe they fear change, that discomfort of the unknown. And another saying you'll hear is, you know, the, the devil I know is better than the devil I don't. So they might not be happy the way they are now, and they may think they want something to change, but that fear of the unknown that maybe it's going to be worse and maybe they don't know how that's going to be has a bunch of that discomfort. It kind of keeps people in that same, I guess, rut, you could say. They kind of, kind of just kind of stuck. They sadly get comfortable being in that kind of uncomfortable spot, if you would. That just kind of holds people from that change. Uh, we, we did an episode on fear of success. Um, that's also one of those unknown uh, discomforts where you don't really know how many things are going to change when we have that success or when we do something. And another uncomfortable fear we have is like the environment. Uh, we, we always wonder, look, if you're looking for that acceptance, like what are people going to say? You know, what are they going to think of us if we make this change? And that's going to kind of hold us back in that uh, fear zone uh, from change. And another big one is the, like, the pain is just not bad enough. You'll hear people decide to change when they're just sick and tired of being sick and tired. They just, they've had enough. They've, they've weighed their like pain versus pleasure and they're just not willing to stay in that pain. Um, so if they're, if it hasn't gotten bad enough, them to kind of force a change, then they're just going to kind of stay in that spot. And we're going to cover some of that later too. And or they're just going to give up too easy. Uh, they're going to try something a little bit, or not going to put all their effort into it. And maybe they try a few things and it doesn't work. So they're just like, well, maybe, maybe I'm goes back to that. I don't know how to, or maybe I can't do it. Or maybe I, I don't deserve that anyway. And that's going to kind of cause them to revert back to that comfortable pain zone uh, that they were in. So knowing what to do and knowing how to change is different than actually making that decision. Uh, so you, you hear a bunch of facts, um, people that have been smoking for a long time or doing bad habits, they know the facts. They know that that's not good for them. They know that those habits, whether it's eating or not working out, those are those bad habits are not good for them, but that's not really enough to cause that change. There's um, that different desires and feelings that go along with that change. Like they'd be like, well, it would be, it would be good. It'd be healthy if I stopped doing these bad habits or if I started working out, I could look better. Like those are all good aesthetics that kind of play into uh, us making that change. Um, but it's not really enough to, get a solid change. It's, it's going to draw us into those. It's going, to be, it's going to be appealing, and we're going to be like, yeah, 
I want to do this, and they might take some effort, um, but that's not going to be one of the strongest things that's going to allow us to change. The next one is feeling in control, being empowered. So maybe we, we decide we want to do something, uh, we feel like we're engaged, um, but it's, it's not really quite enough to um, allow us to change based on our identity. And that's going to be the big one that's going to really hold us back to making different changes. Uh, we did an episode on you're not who you think you are. So the different stories that we tell about ourselves is really going to have a big impact on who we think we are, whether we're going to change, whether we're just kind of stuck. And these stories come out in our internal thoughts, how we think about ourselves in the uh, like different roles that we play, whether we're a parent or a spouse or what kind of roles we play at work. All these are going to be the strong main factors that are going to drive us to either stay the way we are or decide to make a change. And we can hear a lot of these stories and roles come out in the different labels we put on ourselves. Um, I hear people at work sometimes be like, yeah, I'm just like, so sore, or I'm getting old, or, you know, you hear people that exercise, and they're like, yeah, I don't, I don't really like running. I'm not a runner. You'll hear people say that. Or, uh, and it's those labels and those internal thoughts that when they repeat them over and over, those are going to hold them back from making change. And once they can start to change some of that internal thought, change some of those stories and identify or identities about themselves, um, it's going to open up a bunch more possibilities. So that could be good and bad different things to kind of promote that change. And that's where the kind of the confront and the identify come into play. Uh, we need to look at our stories that we're telling ourselves, look at our internal thought, and make some intentional changes on how we're thinking about ourselves. So that'll, once we kind of identify some of those, there's things that are going to play into different things that are going to kind of force us to change. When you start to identify and confront different things that you want to change, you're going to make an intentional action. You're going to talk about writing some of these things down, making some goals, and being intentional on how we're going to change. Another way is just the natural process. Like I talked about getting a new job, uh, new cars, growing up, um, those different things that kind of force us to change in a natural process. Um, having kids is going to kind of force us to change. So those are going to be some, some big life-changing events that will force us to either intentionally make a decision to change or it's just going to happen by the, the way the events turn out. So other things could be you could have a, a death in the family. Uh, it could change your dynamic. Uh, you could lose your job, and that's going to force change. So a lot of things like this will be kind of like an accidental type of change, and how we respond to those is going to kind of determine the outcome. Uh, the intentional change that we went back to is, you know, we're going to make a decision, and we're going to go into being proactive, deciding how we're going to change, what things we're going to do, and, and things like that. And a couple things that are going to kind of, spark this intentional change is maybe we're just kind of bored. Maybe we're just going through the same thing every day and we just need something different. And you're just 
get to that point. It's kind of not really that extreme painful route, but it's that desire for something pleasurable, desiring to do something different. So we're, we're going to intentionally decide that we're gonna, we need to do something different. We're just kind of bored of that area. Uh, the next way could be inspirational. You could see somebody with a new car or see something on TV and you're like, man, I, that's something I really want to do and put a plan in action, be proactive and be inspired to go be like that person or do something that you've wanted to do for a while, but you've never really taken any action to make that change. And the last one is just being frustrated. And that's where that, that pain just gets to the point where you're just like, I need something different. I'm just fed up with the way things are going. Maybe you have a, a really old car and it keeps breaking down and you just get to that point where even though you have all these attachments to that car or these emotional feelings that you really don't want the extra car payment or you don't want something different, but you're just so fed up with trying to fix it over and over and over that that frustration finally drives you to do something different. And that's that saying, you know, you're sick and tired of being sick and tired. Um, it could be bad habit. Things just aren't working out the same and you're just ready ready to make some change. In order for these habits to really take place and to really become a conscious action every day, uh, we need to make sure um, that we're thinking about the same changes over and over. Uh, re repetition is the, the key to these changes. Uh, we talked about having this, like, hey, it's a good idea. Finally, maybe you're inspired one day. You have this, you identify this change that you want to do, but you never really take that proactive step, and it's just going to be a thought, and it's just going to go back, and we're going to revert back to that, that same pattern that we're used to, that we're comfortable with. So that repetition is the key, and then holding ourselves accountable and maybe finding an accountability partner, somebody that can just keep us accountable. They know what our goals are. They've heard us identify the different changes we wanted and then ask us and follow up on how we're doing with those. So those are, those are the big things for allowing us to make these changes and a bunch of the things that cause us to resist those changes. Thanks, Paul. Thank you, uh, Jody. Very, very, very good uh, presentation this evening. Uh, let me ask you one thing. Has there been an area in your life in the past that you're, it resisted more so than another one area? Uh, I think, let's see, internal, my, how my internal thoughts, my it has kind of resisted change is, you know, a lot of it is just those normal day-to-day -day habits. Um, I think for me, a lot of it is like how I organize stuff, uh, the way I kind of put things away and things like that, and how I have things set up. Um, it's one of those where maybe the disorganization hasn't caused me enough pain to really focus and throw a lot of extra stuff out and kind of put that stuff together. Um, other than that, I think other resistance to change applies to just wanting something different. Um, so I think that I guess the biggest thing goes back to that pain versus pleasure. Like if the, if the pain doesn't get bad enough and things don't influence 
the way I want them to go enough, then it doesn't really mm -hmm. cause that strong desire for change. Very good. Thank you very much. Great presentation. Uh, thank you again. Uh, Courtney, in the past, how has uh, resistance change affected you? Um, I would say in the past, like before we started uh, the podcast, I would, I would crawl into my, my hole of comfort because it was just, it was just too much for me to grasp the change. It wasn't comfortable at all, so my internal thoughts would tell me, you don't need that. It's not good for you. Just go back to where you're, where you're comfortable and what you know. Don't progress. Don't better yourself at all because it's just not comfortable. And now I see it as my comfort zone is kind of like a crutch, whereas I want to lean on it because that's what I know. So when I when I choose to, you know, throw those throw the crutch away is when I'm really immersing myself into something that is bettering me as a as a person but it's also creating a chance for me to be comfortable with something new. And then once I'm comfortable with that and it's time to spread my wings again, it's kinda like you can't stay content for too long. Or I, I don't like to be content for too long anymore. It's just, it's just like if I'm content, then what am I learning right now in this moment? If I'm content in this moment, is there any more room for me to grow or is it time for me to move on to the next level? Very good, very good. Appreciate that input there, Courtney. Last but not least, Ray, um, Give, give us your input on resistance to change. So with my own experience, resistance to change has been a big one for me. And I think it's, you know, like, like we were all saying with the, the, the comfort zone, it, I think our logic also is very talented, it is very creative in how it can convince us that our comfort zone is where we should be. And so for me, I think being more of an analytical and a logical person, that's where it has used logic against me in many ways and through many obstacles in my life because I will sit there and try to justify why being in my comfort zone is okay. Um, I've gotten a lot better with embracing uh, change, embracing discomfort. It's it's almost like the formula in my head now is that growth and rewarding outcomes they, they begin with discomfort, and it's it's something that I've filed away in my brain as true and not up for debate, you know, so it's discomfort. All I have to do now when it comes to something that's uncomfortable is decide whether it's going to lead to something better for me or worse, um, not whether it's uh, worth my time or, or whether it's something I should avoid altogether. It's just a matter of is it going to lead to something better 
for me or is it a type of discomfort that's unhealthy for me? And if it's something that's going to lead to something better, um, I just go right, go right for it. But even, even still, even with that being said, it's just a matter of how, how creative it is being in those circumstances. And it's something that it helps to have an outside source, to have a mentor to, to, to ask you questions that you may not be asking yourself and get you to look at things that you may not be considering when it comes to um, the place you're in and, and the place that you're trying to get to. Because, like I said, I... I've gotten comfortable with discomfort. I've accepted it. I embrace it in many situations, but I, I do know that there's still um, things lurking in the shadows, you know, that that I may convince myself is excluded from the things that I need to do and the things that I have to pursue in order to grow. You know, I've, I've got the things in my field of vision, like, uh, we talked about the other day, Paul, and I've been thinking about it a lot, was trust. And so in my mind, I've, I have a very logical uh, perspective on people and their abilities and, and their shortcomings, and I tend to trust people, at least to, to my knowledge or to what I thought. And I was going to say as far as I can throw them, but <laughs> that might be a... Uh, uh, revealing to my level of trust that I didn't know I didn't have. But I, I tend to think, you know, uh, let me observe this person. Let me see what they're capable of, what their tendencies are, what their habits are. And then with that being said, I can determine um, how far I can throw that person, how, how much I can trust that person and with what I can trust them with. And that seems very logical and reasonable. And then I just file that away as it's, uh, a reasonable way to handle trust and I don't have trust issues, but I can also see the truth and in, in, in the fact that I tend to have a wall up when I deal with people in most cases in work and in my personal life is I, I tend to be closed off and it's, it's from a subconscious level of just a lack of trust, a lack of, um, trust. I try to find a better word. Uh, but just from my childhood and things that I went through with, with my own parents, the people that you normally believe that you would you could rely on or trust the most, if I've had issues with them being reliable, then I, I think subconsciously I think that I could trust no one, you know, and that more than likely everyone I come into contact with has the potential to let me down and that I would prefer to avoid them if I can. And then maybe if I can't, then I observe and then I use my logic and reason. But I know that I definitely have a um, disposition towards distancing myself from people and just feeling sort of, uh, closed off and, and a preference of not getting to know people, not opening up to people. And that's like my default mode. So default that I tend, I think I've overlooked it for a long time until Paul confronted that. And that's why I think the power and mentoring comes in because how long do we go in the dark 
about these things. And we might find areas of our life where we'll confront discomfort, but what other areas are there that we're overlooking and that we're justifying, we're following it away? Like, that that doesn't count. That's I've already, I already got that thing figured out. I'll, I'll chase this uh, rabbit, you know, the, the gym. I'll go to the gym, and, and, and now I'm facing my discomforts. But what other things have we written off and now we don't even look at? Um, and until you have someone with the courage and the boldness to be able to ask you those direct questions and to, uh, and, and also the experience to be able to recognize these things when they see them, like Paul does, he, he recognizes through talking to somebody and his ability to listen and to process what they're going through and then comparing that to his experiences and then being able to confront and ask the questions that it, it makes it hard to run from what Paul's getting at because the questions are so direct and you notice the, the truth and what he's saying. And uh, that's, that's another discomfort that I've gotten used to um, hearing something that I may not want to hear. And then knowing that there, there's something going on here because, uh, because I, I'm, I'm putting up a, uh, what is it, a stacoma, and feeling that that discomfort because something that I thought to be true or something I've come to to reason with or justify away is being now brought up in question. And I think that's just something that we've got to. That, that's helped me through my process is just becoming familiar with that process. When so many people, if you say something that makes them feel uncomfortable, then you're the bad guy and that's the end of it. You know, no, it is, is very, is just very creative and, and, and really labeling that person as a bad person for X, Y, Z. And we'll find every reason why that person shouldn't talk to me this way. Or they have no right to question me or whatever the case and that way we can push off that discomfort that is most likely going to help us do something. Thank you, Ray. Thank you very much. Really appreciate that input. I myself uh, have experienced uh, resistance to change in lots of areas of my life. Uh, one was trust, just like Ray. Uh, 20, 30 years ago when I started out, um, you know, I had to start the journey of self-discovery just like everybody else in order to uh, become more aware of who I thought I was. And the more I discovered me, the more that I could trust myself and also trust others. And uh, I experienced in my early part of my life resistance to change just in that one area, just like Ray was talking about. Uh, so many broken promises that we acquire throughout life. We have a tendency not to trust ourselves, much less others, because we don't know who to believe. And uh, resistance to change and trust has, in many, many lives of people, been a stopping block to, you know, proceeding on in life, in self-discovery. Really, anybody else uh, want to? Any more input before we get off the conference call this evening? I just want to say right. that was a great uh, great topic, Jody, because 
that's one of the things that keeps people locked into uh it's interesting going like you're saying paul trust and um things like that can keep people trapped for a lifetime you know and and so few actually confront those things or have somebody to help them through the process because I, i do believe that even if you make up your mind to fight it it's still a very very tricky um challenge without another outside perspective to help you through it with the experience who've been who has been through it and who has seen the obstacles that you're facing and the most people when it comes to trust when it comes to um loving yourself when it comes to um surrounding themselves with more positive influences versus what they've been accustomed to and and they and they they literally they live that out until they die. And so it's a big thing to tackle in and of itself. There's a couple other talks that we've done that I think are so key because they lead to all the different self-development areas that we can work on. Because if you've got resistance to change, that trumps everything else that could be done in your life to make your life better. And so facing the resistance to change is like one of the building blocks, you know, one of the first things that you've got to tackle. So great, great subject and good talk, Joe. I want to add a very cliche quote. (laughs) There's nothing more constant in life than change. (laughs) Actually, it's the only thing constant in life. That's true. That is so true. Resistance to change, uh, that's the obstacle and uh, stumbling block that it uses to prevent us from uh, continuing on the journey of self-discovery or even getting on the journey of self-discovery. Because a lot of people don't know that they don't know that there's a different type of possibility of a life out there that is different than what we are experiencing, you know. They they don't realize that unwittingly they've been conditioned to live the life that they think, the only life that they have. And, uh, and it's when we decide and run into someone or read something that we realize, wait a minute, maybe, maybe there's a possibility that, things could be different than what they seemingly are. And when they start questioning themselves and questioning others, that's when they begin to sometimes realize maybe there is a chance my life can be different. And they start seeking out and looking at other possibilities such as discover it. And uh, it's a journey, but no pain, no gain. And uh, I look forward to each and every one of you to uh, stay on that journey because if you're not progressing, you're regressing. And uh, I look forward to I thought about that when when you said, Paul, with the uh, not only initially, but on your journey as well. Uh, And I just thought about how powerful that is, is that 
you can face resistance to change and begin a life of self-discovery and development, and then how easy it is to change some key areas in our life and then to become comfortable with that and then resistance to change. It could even be even stronger than the initial resistance to change because now you have made something of yourself, you know, to an extent. And so it's so easy to become complacent to say, uh, well, you know, at least this is better than where, where I was. And then you begin the process of self-destructing again. So you go through, uh, hey, I'm, I've made it, um, and I don't need anyone to tell me anything, and uh, at least this is better than where I was. And as a matter of fact, I don't need to change for anyone. And then you start the downward spiral again. Um, so resistance to change not only initially but continually facing that that challenge. And lots of times it, as you grow uh, on your journey of self-discovery, you become a little self-confidence in the areas that you wouldn't before. And what happens is it tricks you to believe that you don't need to learn anymore, that you don't need to continue this journey because you've learned enough. You know, your life is going a whole lot better than it was before, and why do I need to listen to Ray or Paul or, or Judy, you know? I know a lot now, you know? Yeah. So they stop. So they stop that journey of self-discovery, and it gives them a, a false security. Uh, and uh, that's when they need it more. That's when they need to read and listen and to the podcast and just when you feel that way, you need to dig deeper into the journey of self-discovery because it's only trying to confuse you and put unnecessary pride that shouldn't even be there. And uh, really, really enjoyed this uh, uh, presentations on resistance to change. That was a very good presentation, uh, Jody. And I think we all can... Uh, I, you know, say the same. Concur. I concur. I concur. <laughs> Anything else, Gaines? I'm going. I'm going to give this uh, presentation a five star this evening. <laughs> so mm-hmm. look, look, look forward to uh, talking to each and every one of you soon, and uh, we will see you next week, next Thursday night at seven thirty. At uh, conference, conference call number is 515-604-9530, access code 655-145. Looking forward to hearing from you then. Bye-bye.